This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. Hey Gordon, how's it going? Arr, duck me hearty, it's going really well, duck. You're looking at your pirate best this morning, my man. Oh, no, is it that day now? What is it? I talk like a pirate day. I am you, so impressed you, with you. you. It well, is I the mean, high point of my social calendar. It's, <laughs> this Sunday is indeed International Talk Like a Pirate Day. Oh, there, Arr, duck, there you go. You're on top of your game. <laughs> Marvelous. Well, great, Gordon. I'm glad you got that out of your system. Jeez, I thought I was going to catch you off sides. No, 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 Gordon. I mean, you know, it's... Uh, uh, I don't know a lot of things. I know a little bit about some stuff, and c- certainly that was one of them. Well, Gordon, you've invited our guest today, so uh, I'll be curious to, to see who we got on the line. Well, we have got uh, the latest big appointment uh, in the media industry, Dashni Villacazi, who has had a long association with the industry, and we're going to un- go through that journey now, but recently appointed as, as managing director of the media shop. And Dashni, it's, it's great to have you with us this morning. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. So we have a dilemma now. Do we? Do you? You've been there now for how, how long? Have you been there, uh, Dashni, at, at Media Shop? July. July. So, I'm, I'm, so did we yeah, give you all July. the credit for Media Shop cleaning <laughs> up at the most awards uh, agency, brand, big brand agency? There were, I think, three awards. You're gonna, you maybe just take us through those awards, um, or just a little bit of, just between July and September worth of credit. So how strategic was my appointment, right? Or how strategic was <laughs> the role? Like profiling myself. So I, you know, I was pretty much saying that I'd stepped in there just to help them um, transport their awards back to their office. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, you know, just as an aside, well done to the media shop. I think uh, they've made a habit of uh, of doing well in most awards, and and I think it's it's marvelous to see the uh, the recognition once again this week. I think. Doc, you've, you've heard me say many times in media, we are children of a lesser God, and I think it's really good that uh, 
the media guys get some recognition every now and again. But actually, let's go back to to the beginning. You uh, have had an interesting path. It's not the sort of linear path uh, in in the media industry. Uh, you started out, um, best of my kind of recollections, at Ogilvy. Uh, in the sort of uh, in the noughties and then you you set up your own media operations so take us through the journey which brought you from early days of media involvement through to head of marketing at oasis finance then head of retail marketing at old mutual and prior to your appointment now as gm marketing at absa investment the, the, the storyline which is of most interest to me is how do you go from media into marketing which is the big canvas and what's driven you from that back into, into media canvas, which many people might argue is the smaller of the two canvases? Mm. Great. So let me start off with um, a little story with regards to where my journey started. Um, I was in university studying towards a teacher's degree, and I think then many of us were influenced into you know, the right career, the right thing to do. And I started, um, it was my final year, and I saw an advert in the newspaper, something that some people have not even seen or heard of in probably the last couple of months now. An advert for Ogilvy was offering scholarships for females of color to work on the Unilever business and pretty much started my entire history in motion from then. So I joined Ogilvy as a media analyst and worked very, very intensely on FMCG business and and Unilever being one of them. And, you know, when I look at my, you know, from media into marketing and pretty much what attracted me um, to this side of the fence as, you know, as a media person, uh, you're right, it's, it's tough hurdles going into marketing and, you know, I would like to talk a little bit about how that media kind of institution shaped my approach and my actions and decision-making in, in media. So when I was in media, I was constantly jockeying for that seat at that marketing C-suite table. You know, the conversations were very provocative and, you know, quite highly strung. And I really felt at that time that my cup needed to be filled more so that I could organically migrate up this value chain. So it was a very inspirational journey that I thought I really needed to um, embark on. So post that, you know, numerous endeavors, you know, at a, at a, at a touching the, the surface of entrepreneurship, I opened up a media independent and it's really tough having a media independent and, you know, the dreams of, of, of the of big media independent from, you know, from the agencies and the media independents that I'd come from. Um, but, you know, you land up somewhere just with all of these deep interventions of entrepreneurship. And then through that, I, you know, um, I ended up with doing international work assignments and coach, and you know, through some dire coaching, I, I took on the privileged choice of t- embarking on a on an MBA. And through that, I applied for a scholarship. 
and through the scholarship, you know, embarked on this MBA and was extremely hands-on, clearly knowing that I needed to land up somewhere close to the chair um, of a C-suite boardroom. So I took the advice from many of my lecturers when I got the scholarship who advised that I I needed a change in my career. You know, we had went through into a, a deep analysis of my career and what I wanted to do and... And, you know, they advised me that maybe my thesis and, and the work that I was doing in, in terms of the different case studies would serve as a really nice um, gate and entry um, into the finance industry. Because finance was one aspect of the, of my, my uh, curriculum that really thrived on. I mean, I, I knew I had the marketing and, you know, from my media background and I, and I did enough research on it. But I was so enamored by, you know, mergers and acquisitions and asset management and, um, private equity that my thesis then merged into a private equity thesis. It was about the critical success fac- factors of private equity. And I spent a fair amount of that time um, when I was creating my uh, and pretty much putting my whole thesis together. I went and, you know, called up private equity firms and spent time with them, which helped, you know, they helped me to to, to complete my thesis and work from a, a real-time environment in uh, quite a few of these firms. And when my, you know, um, graduation had come to a, a natural close, I achieved cum laude because I realized that the only way I was going to get in and really be recognized and be given a job somewhere was through making up these relationships and, and creating these relationships in private equity. And that's how I got hired into marketing. Yeah, I can see Doc's eyes are lighting up. You're using words like thesis and acquisitions and mergers. I mean, it's just, well, the, it's, the only part that never came into mind was cum laude. Firstly, Deshni, from our side, welcome on the show. Thanks for spending time with us. And again, congratulations on your recent appointment. Uh, and, and obviously also a media shop cleaning up. I mean, you know, that was fantastic. And he is fantastic. So, yeah, and, and I think, Gordon, just, you know, chatting, you and I have had the benefit of many shows now, and some of the themes that reoccur is, is, is around career pathing and the fact that sometimes it's not linear. So, so thanks very much, Dashni, for, you know, s- spending some time talking about that. And I think the lesson for young marketers out there, you know, we often get asked or we get encouraged by some of our listeners to tell stories and, and relay lessons for younger people out there. And one of those lessons is don't get too caught up and, uh, and feel hard done by but where you are at the moment. Work hard because certainly to do, to do an MBA is hard by itself. To do it cum laude is, geez, that's really tough. So well done. And, uh, and for all young marketers out there, you know, just follow the example of, of pursuing your dreams. Work hard and, and hopefully, you know, good things will come to you. So um, that's a great, a great opening lesson there. Thank you. Yeah, and, and you know, I, talking about C-suites, you know, I mean, the closest I ever got to a C-suite was playing for the third 15 at New Forest High School. They, they had their own <laughs> change room, as I think it was called the C-suite, but uh, be that as, as it may. So, I mean, just as you, in, in the couple of months you've had now to assess the media situation from, from that side of the fence, what, what do you see as the big changes and what do you see as the big challenges going forward? I mean, it's always difficult to come off a, off a winning platform. So in, in a sense, you're being set up here in the spotlight to build on, on a, a, 
really winning formulas. What, what's the plan? What's shifted? What's, what are the challenges? So, you know, when I look at post-pandemic, which has been watershed um, events in the world, and, you know, we always ask, so what is the future of, you know, certain categories and certain sectors and agencies, you know, going forward? And I believe that in these challenging times, you know, this, we've all been labeling it as challenging times, there's a lot of opportunities that present themselves. And when I look at the future of ad agencies or media agencies, we are very shaped by technology. And if we look at what has happened immensely in, 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 in with consumers and consumption of technology, it's really been a game changer move. I mean, if I look at banks who have been trying to get, um, and us especially, you know, coming from um, a financial institution, is trying to get more and more of our clients to bank online and use our apps and not, you know, put all that emphasis on the branch. In the last, you know, 18 odd months, it's just spearheaded because people have, you know, still needed to do their banking and they've all had to download their app and, and continue their lives. So when I look at, you know, the world that I'm in now and how something like AI or intelligent automation, you know, that's the, the other buzz of IA, combined with media agency experts has, has transformed our work. Data science has taken control of the insights and it's producing almost near-time understanding of audiences and their behaviors um, and what their movement is according to their behaviors. So this whole like AI and automation are really pushing the boundaries of how the creative message is consumed and how do we optimize copy on the fly or on the go or in mid-air so that our media plans and channels that we select are very, very assisted with algorithms. <laughs> um, you know, AI and IA have welcomed it. It's joined our workforce already. Media has already created, you know, this a human and a machine communication teams. You look at all the analytics that we have to pursue to make these decisions. So, you know, human artistry with machine accuracy has connected what I call the precision and and you both will you know warm up to this the persuasion of, of advertising that matches messages you know with media that then brings in the marketing element that weds how that marketing innovation comes into play. So the important aspect here is that technology or AI will not replace the media agency or creativity, but it'll improve it with so much of a deeper understanding of audience interests. You know, for example, when you apply intelligent creative to media planning, it just really increases the accuracy and the impact um, that, you know, that puts up ROI um, or return on marketing investment up on a pedestal. We, we have to start viewing ourselves more and more as intelligence or intelligent providers just having an, an efficient understanding of consumers and you know we can become the author of developing that emotional emotional connection 
You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. Yeah, it's interesting. And I mean, you know, just, you know, listening to, to what you're saying, certainly the world is spinning and it, and it seems like it's spinning faster. And there's a lot of stuff happening. You know, I'm not just talking COVID now and post-COVID, talking about tech and that. Um, and Gordon, you, you may remember a few weeks ago, we had Gary Graham on spoke about reinvention. And one of the things, and I've been doing a lot of reading about that is business cycles, how much shorter they are now. You know, they're looking at a typical business cycle, a long cycle these days is 15 years of a particular business, as opposed to uh, certainly 50 years ago, it would have been 75 years on, on average. Wow. So, you know, you're going from 75 years to 15 years. And what they then talk about is an S-curve. And I mean, Dashney, obviously, you, you know, you would, you, you would concur in terms of S-curve of reinvention. When not to reinvent is on the downside of the S-curve. In other words, if you look at your midpoint, it's seven and a half years. So you've really got in on an average basis globally about seven and a half years to get your act together and make sure you find your next curve on the right side of, of the S-curve. So again, you know, we're talking media agencies, you spoke advertising, and I think one of the big uh, changes, uh, uh, announcements, Gordon, you and I spoke as, is the whole Accenture King James, you know, of, of this week, you know. Yeah. So we still need to get Hayden Townsend on, in, on the show. But I mean, that's an example of bringing a, an, an, a sort of traditional consulting house, and I know they've done a lot of work on their suite uh, into into a creative space now. So, uh, yeah, that just speaks to, you know, Dashni, what you're saying in terms of changes, reinvention, uh, innovation, finding the new, the new curve before it's too late. So, um, yeah. Yeah, for me, I mean, you know, you, your phrase, uh, Dashni, that you use the near-time understanding of audiences really resonates with me because that, that's the challenge. And funnily enough, I had to address yesterday the South African Institute, and I don't even know uh, what a management scientist is. Doc, you perhaps explain that to me, but I had 150 <laughs> management scientists. And the point I tried to make was exactly that, you know, that we've spent so much time in media doing large-scale research and, and torturing ourselves over the nth degree of, of reliability of the data to the 95th you know, percentile of probability. But it takes us six months to, to develop that data, by which stage you, it's no longer valid. I mean, it's reliable, but not valid. And, and you know, this kind of continuous measurement for me is important. And so like a really good development is the Broadcast Research Council, BRC, the new RAMS data, which will be coming out in October. For the first time now, we've got a panel, we've got a listener panel, 3,000, and we're going to get continuous streaming of data, which, which I think is fascinating. So, yeah, I, I, really, uh, I really resonate with, with that near-time understanding of audiences. Just an interesting aside, Yadashni, and a question, um, because I know Media Shops had a fantastic history of internship and, and training generally well ahead of the, the industry curve in that respect. Um, the Future of Strategy uh, report for 2021 came out from Walk in the last week or so. You might remember we recovered the 2020 report mm -hmm. last year. Don't? So here are the stats which kind of interest me from that. 63% of strategists are saying that in their view in the agency and with clients, <coughs> the role of strategy is more important. Over 60% are saying that they are moving more upstream in terms of the engagement into the business solution space. But here's the point. 92% of them are only learning on the job. 50% of them and don't even know whether their, their company's got a training program, and 25% say, we know they've got a program, but we're not on it. So 
how how are we equipping ourselves, um, Dashney? Is this part of your plan to cope with going upstream into this whole new understanding of audiences, real time business solution? How do we equip ourselves, and how do we more importantly equip the next generation of media people? Mm. It's um, and it's a cliche when I say that is such a good question because you know having the exposure almost in this, this this chain, this entire chain from media into marketing and, you know, now back into media. And, you know, when I had to look at why would I want to um, come back into media? And it, it really was about, you know, how do I reinvent my profession? And, 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 and where is it that I want to go? Because I have such an affection for it. And, you know, it, it doesn't always come in the form of answers, but it's a lot in the form of reflections in terms of this convergence of media and marketing. And what a value, um, you know, when I talk about value and, and what I can contribute in terms of this whole thing about less on the, the targets, but more on the insights, and less on the communications, but more on the value. And, you know, you will, you both will remember. Sir Philip, I mean, I refer to him as Sir Philip Kotler, who wrote those fundamentals of marketing. Sure, yeah, yeah indeed. A, you know, <laughs> it was a Bible for like over four decades. <laughs> and the time that he wrote that, it was, it was, there was no smartphones, mm. there was no Facebook, no Google, not even the internet. And then, you know, the famous four P's of marketing, which was our weaponry to the target audience and understanding that. And, you know, we've come from this whole series of demographic variables to the segment, um, you know, marketing to the segment. And, and those, are, those became like the media shotguns. But we're in an era now where um, when I look at post-demographics, we're in the post-demographic era where there's technological advances and big data and where the path to a purchase is so different in this world that we've transversed that whole period where we actually are now, you know, marketing to behaviors that have formed tribes. And for a lot of the young um, interns that are coming into the industry, they understand this so well, you know, on the fly. You know, the world, the media world um, and this new world has almost slapped us daily into realities. I mean, there were brands that I admired, like the Googles, the Facebook, Uber, Zoom, Zoom, and... Airbnb, Netflix, you know, they almost became popular virtually with no advertising, but they brought value into our lives. And, you know, when I, when I, when I think of the value, it's very much a, um, a value that we need to acknowledge it when we want to realize how do we, you know, mobilize our people um, and, and get them to adopt this human-centered approach. And, and what I mean by it is that I'm continuously hearing about that there are, there are so much more media options out there. And now more, the, more so than ever, audiences are fragmented, which makes it difficult for message to read the right people. It's very factually true. But, you know, we live in this intoxicated world that's just overloaded with information, and entertainment options from advertising. You know, we, we are almost shoved from advertising to shelves, to videos, to social media, email chats, 
And it's like, how do we navigate this world? Because it makes it so challenging to get the attention, to get them to process um, these messages. But at the same time, while this is all happening, the ease for the consumer is to access this information that they need. It's so incredible because it's all at a click away. And how do we intercept that? And how do we teach that? And how do we get behind this? You know, I'm almost feeling like, are the agencies fragmented? Or, you know, are we still in our little media boxes of, you know, digital is handled here or, you know, above the line is handled here? And how do we merge this? Um, that, you know, consumers live in s- several realities at the same time in a multi-screen world, online, offline, they coexist without all of these conflicts and they jump in and out of these worlds with such ease. So, you know, the question is, what is the new industry and the new people that are coming into this world that we are, how are we co- equipping them with that and, and to help us fight these strategic um, Bibles or strategic structures to move forward. You know, absolutely. And I think, you know, Dashni, you're talking about your agency and bringing people in. And I think one of the criteria, just looking at the recent Most Awards and Gordon led with that, where, you know, you guys cleaned up, is there's six criteria, performance criteria. One of those is collaboration and strategic partnerships, uh, you know, with, with your clients back in. And I guess that's exactly what you're saying, is working not only with your, your own people to understand the blurring of lines of consumer behavior, because it's a long way off from, from, from Cutler's original work, uh, but also working with clients, you know, getting a lot closer uh, in terms of not having the separate buckets of creative agency, media agency, client, and somewhere along the line they kind of meet up sometime, but perhaps bringing that closer. Is that is that a correct assumption? Is that one of the things that you'll be bringing in, into the agency? Absolutely, and I really uh, um, want to uh, talk a lot about this one. You know, when I see my role and my team um, as partners to a very progressive suite of chief marketing officers, our clients, you know, they in their world are currently challenged with more than just marketing on their plate or on their mind. They are busy improving, you know, companies, customer experiences. Marketing is so involved in this whole purpose with performance environmental change, what impact is it having for their businesses, the social change, and, you know, with that couple, the governance. And and a lot of that, you know, they are juggling that in their business strategies. Diversity um, is another big one that they are trying to manage with regards to how are they taking the diversity, you know, this whole cognitive diversity into their marketing and their communication message. And, you know, and, and their landing platform is the e-commerce customer and those customer journeys. So it's a plethora of influences that they are currently dealing with. And, you know, when I look at that world and how we fit into it, you know, I asked what is truly important in, in, in this arsenal of our value and our strategy? Because um, we view ourselves as media marketers, Right. And one of the biggest, um, you know, uh, 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 income statement, balance sheet scenario that they are dealing with, that we are dealing with is accountability is the winner at the end of the day. And as you know, almost 70% of the marketing budget 
um, I wish those days were still around, 60% of the marketing budget is spent in media. Mm. And if you understand how and where um, that money is being spent, there's a lot of accountability and answerability. And if you don't have that, you know, you'll start feeling those stones in your shoe. Mm. So just by having that direct influence and, and you know, when I look at my past background of media, I've so helped to make and influence those decisions, you know, where I'm currently am and where I used to be in further intercepting that ROI and making that transformational change as a leader here and when I was in marketing is how do you train up, you know, so many marketing people don't really fully understand that media world. So that divide is so key for us now in, in bringing that out for our clients. You know, as a result, we are managing, you know, how do we become the shared enterprise for our marketing partners? You know, we are working on like diversified, you know, e-commerce and, and, and how do we intercept that and help them build their business? Yeah, I, I'm going to just comment quickly before I lose the phrase that, that you used earlier. Um, you talked about cognitive diversity. I think that's a brilliant insight. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of emphasis globally with the World Federation of Advertisers on inclusivity and um, diversity. But my concern is that a lot of it tends to be, and I, I, I hesitate to use the word superficial, but I'm going to. You know, if, if we look different, whether it's gender or cultural, that is not necessarily diversity. It's cognitive diversity. I think that is a brilliant insight. Um, that's what we should be striving for. It doesn't matter what you look like, but if you think the same and you're just continuously supporting the other line of thought, it's not going to help clients. We need real diversity. Doc, I'm sorry, I cut you off here. No, not at all, Gordon. Uh, you know, and I think we've touched on that before, Gordon, in terms of, you know, uh, a few weeks ago we spoke a little bit of diversity with uh, Nadi Mohammed from Mondelez, from, from Cadbury's and some of the good work that they're doing. Uh, and we spoke about greenwashing and wokewashing and, and real real work, you know, as yeah. opposed to the, the window dressing. So, again, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but absolutely right, Gordon. It's such an important thing. If you're gonna, It's like anything. If you're going to do it, just do it right, you know. And, and, and Dashni, and I guess you guys are saying you've got that awareness and and the nice part is is to straddle both sides of you know the, the media into marketing into media again and i just want to close off i'm going to leave gordon to close it out but i mean just from my side thanks very much um and i think it's an important point you make about that new blurred role of the modern marketer you know i've had a host of conversations not just on the podcast but with many people around uh certainly south african one or two global in terms of you know you get pulled into a chief innovation officers arm wrestling the marketer for something then there's the strategist you know there's cx on the other hand who who's responsible for that who's responsible for the app does it work under the chief technical officer or is it the chief digital officer or is it the chief marketing officer ultimately who owns that customer interface in terms of the app diversity uh, and, and equity inclusion of course those are issues and so i think the modern marketer's role is more complex in my opinion today than has ever been they've been pulled in different directions i guarantee if i have 10 cmos uh, in the room and i ask them for a definition i'll probably get a few very different ones so um in closing, just from my side, thank you. And it's encouraging, you know, that you obviously as an as a ex-market inside person know, can see and understand the value 
of the media. And it's not just the 60, 70, 80% that we as marketers spend. It's the value extraction. So, again, thanks for those insights, Dashney. I really appreciate it. And, again, you know, I'm going to hand over to Gordon, but I wish you well on your journey in the very successful house of, of, of MediaShop. Yeah, just yeah. A, a Dashney as well, just to say thank you for, for joining us. And, and a quick final word from you, maybe, you know, we, we're very conscious of, of trying to drive innovation and, and independent thinking and career building with younger people in the industry. So in thanking you, just a, a quick comment from you, a word of encouragement to young people who want to break into, into the media industry. What should they be doing? How should they orientate themselves? So I think when I started off, I spoke about this jockeying for that seat at the marketers and the C-suite table is never let your guard down. Cast far and wide so that your expansion opens doors for you. And it's probably going to be maybe beyond the structures of just media only. And if you can vacillate between you know, the media world and the marketing world and to understand what this customer-centric world is, um, all the more better for you and, you know, so many of them, you know, as we as we take them through this training journey is how do we allow them to, 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 to immerse themselves into what this human intervention is about the confluence of allowing um, and, and, the, and the collision of talent and technology, you know, be it the, the automated intelligence or the wave of innovation that we're currently experiencing. It's almost changing industries. And for them to be immersed into that framework is is our role um, in as as media industry to shape that for them so that um, you know there's that there's that welcome welcome organic chair that gets pulled out um, when it's the you know at the marketing C-suite. Well, that's a fantastic way to, to wrap up the show. Once again, thanks so much for uh, joining us. And to the listeners out there, thank you for joining us. And uh, argh, particularly, thank you for joining us on this Talk Like a Pirate episode. Uh, we'll heave home me hearties. We'll see you next week. And so there was another episode of The Doc and the Guru Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Muller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.